0: to Acts chapter 9 and go to verse 15. Acts chapter 9 and verse 15. We're on a series entitled Bridge Builders. Bridge Builders. Everybody say Bridge Builders. Bridge, bridge, bridge. We're on a series that we started about being the bridge builder that we're called to be. We talked about the bridge to your breakthrough. That was the first week. And if you didn't hear that one, maybe listen to it on our podcast. And then we talked about, 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 about the bridge to your blessing. And we want to make sure you're blessed. I don't want a single person to live their life not blessed to the very best. I want you to receive it. We talked about having a double blessing about those who build build bridges like Joseph got a double blessing. They got a multi-generational blessing and we showed it throughout all scripture and we are receiving that blessing because we're deciding to not build walls. We're building bridges. We're not going to pick up a a shovel and dig ditches and trenches and separate people from us. We are going to build bridges that connect people, right? We're done. The old way of church used to be burning bridges. The old way of church used to be like if you left our church, you're not a part of us anymore. If you went somewhere else, if you did this, if you don't have our name on your building, if you don't have your sticker, our sticker on your car, then we don't even know you or like you. But that's that's not how we do church anymore. We do church because we're all a part of the body of Christ. We love everybody, and we're called to bridge the gap. Somebody say bridge the gap. So that's what we're going to do this whole end of the year is to bridge the, to bridge the gap. And this, uh, uh, Chris uh, at the artery, uh this week, our uh, santa claus and mrs claus i wrote that down so i couldn't couldn't couldn't, couldn't, couldn't i can't forget that because i know some parents if you want pictures uh... with your kids you got to make sure that you're uh... there early or thereafter because uh... we're gonna have great uh... opportunities for pictures uh, from mr and mrs claus it's, 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 it's gonna be wonderful but i want to get right into today's text the title of my message today because we're what we're a note-taking church right and we're an expressive church we're a loud church we're a big church we're a growing church we're a full church and why because that's what heaven what heaven what heaven what heaven 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 going to be like if you don't like a loud if you don't like it full if you don't like it big then you won't like heaven Because that's what heaven's going to be like. And we need to make sure that we're getting in alignment with what heaven is going to be like. Amen? Amen. So look with me in Acts chapter 9 and verse 15 because the title of today is The Bridge to Your Best. The Bridge to Your Best. Now that you've gotten breakthrough, now, now that you've been blessed, let's live our best. And so in verse fifteen it says this. But the Lord said to him, "Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake." Lord, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for the ministry of your word that's taking place. We thank you, thank you, thank you, you, thank you, God, that we are ready. We are ready. We are a chosen vessel ready to receive all that you have for us. And we pray that you pour out your spirit in us today. I rebuke the, the spirit of the enemy. I rebuke the flesh right now, God. Any thoughts of insecurity, doubt, fear, all, all those to go. Stress has to go worry about christmas has to go shopping worrying and sting about all the little things that we got to take care of god it has to go and lord right now i pray that we would receive the peace of god in our life so that we can live our our our, our best peace in our hearts peace in our homes peace in our cars at our job peace in our children peace in the name of jesus i declare it over this house and i pray i pray the anoint me to preach your word today in jesus name everybody said Amen. All right, let's get into this. We do, uh, we're going to extract the truth from today. So when you look at this chapter, I want you to look at Acts chapter. How many know or are familiar with the story of... Of of, of of Saul to Paul right raise your hand if you're familiar Saul to Paul Saul was a a, a a Pharisee among Pharisees the Bible talks about and this was his conversion of going from one side to the other of becoming a Christian of being interrupted by God and Jesus shows up with a, bl- a blinding light blinds him gives, gives, gives him instructions to get his sight back when he does the scales come off he can see again and he has the commission of God on his life, the calling of God on his life to do what God called him to do. And so now we see in this passage where we see Ananias getting the word from God to say, oh, when he comes, this is what he's called to do. This is who he's called to go to. This is how it's going to work. So I want to talk you through how to get from wh- where you are to where you need to be. Because Saul was doing, 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 doing a lot, but Saul wasn't living his best until he became came Paul, right? And so when he became Paul, he started living his best. So let's talk about that. What does the best look like? Paul was one of the greatest apostles ever to set foot on this earth. Outside of Jesus, outside of Elijah, outside of Moses, Paul was one of the greatest men to ever set foot on this earth. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He helped reach all of Asia, and his ministry has impacted Billions of people. There are churches all over the over the over the over the, over the world named after Paul. Right I don't know very many people that are like that. Paul was incredible. Paul was powerful. Paul Paul, Paul converted kings. Paul converted councils. Paul 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 ministered in in the upper echelon and in the slums of everywhere. Paul was everywhere. Paul was an incredible apostle. Paul was finally living his best, but before he got there, let's talk about before before, 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 before before, he got there. Let's talk about how he got there. Because at first, we can understand this about Paul. Let's call him Saul for a little while. Saul was an intelligent man. I want you to write this word down, excellence. The first piece of the bridge to living your best is having an excellent spirit about you. Daniel, in the Old, Old Testament, the Bible says Daniel had a spirit of excellence on him. And, and Paul, Saul had the same thing. Saul was an intelligent man. Saul was a talented man. Saul, Saul was a well-educated man. Saul was incredible. Saul, 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 Saul was a powerful man. Saul was, comes from a good family. Saul had a lot of good things going for him, and he knew how to do things right. In fact, he, was, he did things so well, he became the executioner. For the Pharisees, he knew how to execute so well. And so he became that, but he was a coat hanger and he was an executor. Even with all his skills, people still just saw him as just a coat hanger. See, when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're living like the rest, they'll just see you like the rest. But when, when, when you're living in less than your best, people will always see you below your true potential. See, the other Pharisees saw Saul and thought you're a good coat hanger. So when Stephen, the apostle, was being stoned, Saul held the coats. That was his his job. He wasn't even worthy enough to pick up a rock. That's what they qualified him as. See, when you're not living your best, people will always see you at your lowest potential, not your greatest potential. They'll always see talents down here. They'll always see your intellect down here, 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 here. They're always going to take your character down here. They're always going to pull you down. How many want to cut some ties today of some things that have been pulling you down and living like the rest instead of living your best? Because today's the day where we cut those ties. But Saul, 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 Saul knew how to live with excellence. And we need to learn how to live with excellence Because God wasn't calling somebody who just did things haphazardly. uh, uh, God was calling somebody who knew how to live with excellence. (laughs) Even though he was crazy and killing Christians and he was going the wrong direction, he still said, I want to call a man who knows how to live with excellence. A man who knows how to iron his clothes, brush his teeth, look presentable, right? Am I preaching to anybody here for just a second? And I want you to get to a place of excellence in your life. That's why we decorate the church and we paint it and we clean it. That's why our worship is the way that it is because we have just anybody show up in the morning and say, Hey, who wants to play an instrument? Who'd like to sing today? Just jump up there and let's see what happens. There are churches that do that. But you know what? You know what no, there are organizations that do that. But we don't do that because we want to have a spirit of excellence on us. You can never live your best while you're living below what you're expecting yet. See, your expectations ought to rise to a level of excellence in your life. Do you expect? I want you to look at yourself, okay, just internally, right? I want you to think about it. Do you expect excellence from everything you do? Do you Because if you, if you don't, then no one else will either. You have to expect excellence. See, Saul expected excellence to come from him. That's why he walked with his shoulders back. That's why he thought he was so powerful and so great and so mighty. And then coincidentally, when he became Paul, Paul means small or humble. So the very man who thought a lot of himself soon quickly thought the least of himself. He wrote over and over, I'm the worst. He wrote over and over, I'm not important. I'm not the big guy. I'm not the, I'm not the most talented. I don't have it all together. I'm the worst guy, a sinner among sinners. And he decided that, you know what, I'm going to take the humble road. But I'm, just because we're humble doesn't mean we need to drop our level of expectation in excellence in our life. See, the humble road is a road full full, full full, full, of people who expect excellence from themselves. Expect excellence from yourself. Expect excellence, right? Expect excellence in your job. Expect excellence from your kid, right? Have a standard. Say, no, no, I expect this of you. Yeah. People sometimes have, have a time hearing that. I expect our, every, everyone in our church to attend every Sunday. You want to know why? I expect excellence. Because there's a lot of good excuses on why you can't come. But there are there a are few reasons. And, and I want to, want to, want to, want to have a, a spirit of excellence in this house, in our ministry. I want to have a spirit of excellence in everything we do. I want to have a spirit of excellence in how we pre- preach. When I come up here to preach, I don't preach like I'm talking talk to, talking to talking to a, to, a, to a couple hundred people. I preach like I'm preaching to thousands of people. Why? Because I want to be able to speak to the congregation that's coming, not just to who we have. The congregation we're building. I want to speak excellence over you. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't speak down to people. I speak up to people. Speak to the champion in each other. Speak to the expectation of excellence. It's just like cleaning your car. There's a such thing as old dirt, new dirt, right? And you got to be able to understand how to take care of your home. Take care. My, we didn't have a lot growing up. We were pastors, kids, and we were broke. And, and we, sometimes were, there were no birthdays or there were no Christmas, Christmases, right? And we would go through those seasons. But what we did have, how many grew up in this kind of home? What we did have, we will take care of. Our room will be cleaned. Our toy, toy, toys toys, will be put away. We will get up and take care of what we do have. Because that's a spirit of excellence. The second thing that I want you to see is this. At the beginning of Acts chapter 9, it says this. Then Saul, still breathing threats, m- m- murderous threats against disciples. He asked for letters. He got commission. He was going out to kill people. He was doing all of this, right? But he was, the key word in here is he was busy. I want you to write that down. Say, I am busy. busy. Come on, church. Say, I am busy. busy. How many hear it all the time? How are you doing? Oh, I'm busy. (laughs) Right? Especially this season. How are you doing? Oh, how's Christmas? Oh, I'm just so busy. I ran into a, a lady at the grocery store uh, yesterday. She couldn't even remember that she, I was her pastor. She was so busy. So, she was like, where do I know you from? And she was, a, she was, a, she was a, I'm just so busy and so crazy. And she looked frazzled and was like, I'm landed. She goes, oh, pastor landed. And she just finally it clicked for her because she was so busy. See, I want you to see the good side first, though. See, Saul was so busy, God said, I want to use him. Because God's not going to use somebody who's standing still. God is going to use somebody who's doing something. you got to get busy doing something. Busyness can be good until you're just busy for busy sake. Or you're busy is your Lord. You need to get busy making him your Lord instead of being busy and making it your Lord. You, come on, give God some praise for two seconds right there. Clap your hands. Because you know what? We do. We need to get busy making him our Lord instead of just being busy for busy's sake. Does everything you do glorify him? Or does every word out of your mouth say, I'm just busy. (laughs) I'm just busy. I'm just busy. I'm just busy. I'm just just busy. Well, it sounds like you put your hand to a plow that you weren't meant to be because if busy has become your Lord, then he's not Lord in your life. And you got to be careful because this is where Saul was getting in trouble. Is busy had become, become Lord. He had gotten so caught up in the work of the Lord, right? Okay. He had gotten so sold up in the work of the Lord that he forgot to let, to let, to let, to let, to let the Lord work in him. He just oh, oh I got I got stuff to do I got places to go I got family I got kids to raise we got we got a schedule we got an agenda we got we got we got we're go 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 hundred miles an hour and in this pressure cooker world you are going to lose your mind if you keep that up. When busy is your Lord, busy will draw your life and busy will never make you better. You'll never live your best just being busy. All you are is running around in circles like a chicken with your head cut cut off, head cut off, head cut off, head cut off. (laughs) You're just running in circles, running in circles, thinking you're accomplishing something because you're in motion. But you're really not getting anywhere. I've watched God bless family after family, marriage after marriage, uh, individual after individual, individual, over and over and over. They they start coming to church. They give their life to God, and then all of a sudden they've given their life to God, and now their kids are loving church. And then they pray, "Oh God, you know what? I'm going to start tithing." And God, literally, this is a testimony, a testimony, a testimony, a testimony, a testimony, 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 testimony. A specific family I know. God blesses them triple in three weeks. Triple the the amount of their income blesses them over and over and over, and, and they're thanking God and they're blessing God, and then all of a sudden, oh, we just, you know, we were busy this week, we couldn't make it. Oh, we're just, uh, you know, we couldn't make it this month. And then, oh, you know, well, we really don't have time time curve anymore. And then, oh, you know, and we pull back and pull back, and pretty soon I don't ever see them anymore. And then the very thing that was a blessing now becomes a curse in their life because they made busy their Lord, Lord. Because they made the blessing their Lord, Laura, Lord, Lord, Lord instead of the Lord in their life. Yeah. And I don't I don't want to be that. I'm gonna silence my phone. How many need you know, you know what? Forgive me. Give me grace. I don't know why I would do that. Who's texting me right now? Well, they know I know, 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 know they know I'm know I know I know i preaching anyway. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Saul was busy. Saul that was good. But but God had to inter- interrupt. Can God interrupt somebody who's busy today? Today? Can God interrupt your busyness to see if he can become Lord of your life? Can he interrupt you to say, you know what? I know you're busy, but I've got something better. I don't want to just be busy. i live my best. I don't want to just be having meetings all the time. I want to be productive all the time. And we're going to get there in a minute. But I, I'm just telling you, we've got to reprioritize some things, things. Because then, all of a sudden, it goes in that progression like, or like progression like we saw that family. And all of a sudden, the kids aren't asking for prayer anymore. All of a sudden, the kids, how many kids in here, they beg to come to church. They're like, I can't wait to come to church. Dad, are we going to church? church today? Are we going to church? I hear that all the time and that fades. How many, if I, if I asked you, don't raise your hand, but if I asked you to raise your hand, you would say a like lot, a lot of us, Oh, I, cause I ask a lot, I ask, I ask, I ask a lot of people this question. What is your church history? Like what is your, what is your rela- relation with God? Well, we used to go to church when I was a little kid, but for some reason we stopped going am I preaching anybody buddy 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 buddy, buddy? because the, and then and then all of a sudden when you're in your 20s your 30s your 40s you decide I need to go back to church I need to get my family back in the presence of God and we turn back to God because you know what at some point our parents turned and made busy their lord instead of getting busy making him king him making him king him lord and, and, and we lost that touch. We lost that connection. Look, come on, let's fix this. Christianity is the worst rate of de- retention in any religion in the world from generation to generation. Because at some point, the parents, 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 and I'm just talking to parents for a little bit. At some point, parents begin to say, you know what? I'm just busy. No, I still love God, but I'm just busy. Let's not just get too busy where we're, God, where we're not living our best and all of a sudden the blessing 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 blessing, blessing becomes a curse and all of a sudden the kids fall up to the side and we're not living for the lord and all of a sudden we're heading the wrong direction see he, Saul thought he was headed the right direction Oh my, I, Saul thought he was headed the right I'm doing the right thing I'm providing I'm, I'm pursuing the God and I, I still have a relationship with God and I love God and that's why I'm killing killin Christians and that's why I'm doing it he was so blinded by the work wow. that he couldn't see Jesus wow. and so he got so focused on it that he got, got, it needed to interrupt him for a little bit And he said, let me show you what's really, that's why he said, you're kicking against the goad. The goad was really something that would change course, change direction, and help shift. He was still plowing the same Old Testament field, and Jesus was saying, there's a new direction i got to turn you. If you'll stop kicking against me, let me shift some, 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 something in your life and take you to the best version of your life. And that's what happened. So then, so then he gets called. And Saul gets called to ministry. Somebody say, I'm called. Come on, somebody say, I'm I'm called. Come on, this is the early service. You got to warm it up for me for the other three services here. I don't want them walking in here and here and looking like they're barely waking up. They had to sleep. I had to sleep in all morning, but you're gonna help me warm it up today because you know what? Saul was called. He was called. Now that may sound very simple, but I want you to see this in Scripture. Okay, Saul was called to who? We read it. Who was the first group of people that he was called? Theologian Bethan. The Gentiles. He was called to the Gentiles. That was the first. He said, I'm calling him to the Gentiles, to the kings. And then the last one was the children of Israel. I'm calling him to be a witness for me. Oh, can I get a witness in this place? I'm all preached. Let me get my handkerchief out right now. We're going to have church in here because you know what? We need to be a witness to who God is in our life. I need to be a witness to how go, how God interrupted in 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 my life. And after today, we're going to have somebody in the lobby, and they're going to be recording testimonies. Maybe all it is is, man, 2019, God changed my life. Man, you know what? When I set foot in this church, I felt the peace of God. Maybe it's one sentence. Maybe it's three paragraphs. But you need to share your testimony. We need to capture that. Share it with other people. You. Don't Need to just be hearing about me and what God's doing in prison in ministry. We need to hear what's going on in your life because there are things that are happening in your life, in your family, in your walk with God that will transform the life of everybody around you. But they've got they've got it've got they they've got they have got they've got they have got, they've got, they've got, they've got, they've got, got to hear you. Remember, what do we say at this church? If you're a quiet believer, you're a dying believer. If you're a quiet church, you're a dying church. That's why we're expressive, that's why we're demonstrative. That's that's why we're passionate. Because we're not going to let the flame grow dim and die on us. We're going to passionately, persuadedly live for the cause of Christ because we are called. Okay, I'm I'm you up. I'm, I'm trying to set us up because what's about to happen? I'm just building towards the, this main point that I'm building towards right here, and this its third point. Let me just tell you, he was called, called to the Gentiles. He was called, but let me ask you a trick question. I'm, I'm helping you, okay? When did Jesus change Saul's name to Paul? Well, a lot of people who teach this message, they would, they would say, "Would say, oh, right when the bright shining light came, he interrupted him, and he saw the light and saw Jesus." And preachers preach. I preached it before. Oh, God's good. God's good. God's good. God's good. God's going to give you a new name. God's going to give you a new identity. God, God rebrand you. God's going to no. But really, see, Saul will always have a counter name. See, it was custom. For a lot of Hebrews to have two names. It'd just be like me, like me, like me, like me like me like me, like me, like me me saying me, 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 me. My name in Hebrew sounds like this. Saul. In Greek is Paul. So he would say, now my name for the Greeks and the Romans is Paul. And it was a—it was already in him. See, I, I want to get deeper in Scripture because God didn't just rebrand him. God was pulling out what was already in him. And God began to say, no, no, you've got something great. great, great, great where they see a coat hanger, I see a world changer. Where they just see somebody who's just an executioner. I see the greatest evangelist of our time. And God looked at him and said, I already see what's in you. Let me pull owl, owl, out, out out the greatness in you and live your best. Somebody give God some praise if you know that God has something better for you. I can only look so deep into your life, but God, the creator of heaven and earth, the one who who, who formed you can look right at you and say, I know what I made you for and you're made for better. And he calls him to go be a witness, but he didn't change. If you read, read in Acts chapter 9, 10, 11, 12, he's still Saul. Why? That perplexed me. In fact, in chapter 11, it says, it says a key verse. As they go through, they talk about, because right after Saul preached, right after his conversion, he preached. So he was a witness. Did he, why didn't he become Paul then? Okay, hold on. Go to chapter 11. It says in chapter 11, and they only witness to the Jews. And then you go a little bit further, and you go into chapter 13. And when you get to chapter 13, it talks about Saul's first Gentile conversion. Where he saw somebody who had no idea who God and Jesus was and converted them. It was the pro-council. And he converted them in the Bible. 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 The Bible says, and then from there on, he was always known, known as Paul. See, when he started walking in who he was called by God to be, be that's when he started walking in his best. You, You'll never walk in your best while you're refusing and living like the rest. When you decide to die, oh, God, I don't know. I don't want to witness in my workplace. I don't want to talk about Jesus here. I don't want to do this. When you you refrain and you withhold from walking in your calling, I'm talking to somebody today. When you withhold and you refrain from walking as the witness that God, God called you to be, you'll never transform into the best version of who you were intended to be. But when you become the witness that God created you to be, that's when everything changes. He didn't change change, change until a few chapters later because he was finally obedient to say, I'm going to see a Gentile converted and become a Christian. And when he walked as the witness he was created to be, called to be, interrupted to be, that's when the change took place. That's when you're going to, that's the bridge to your best is the obedience towards your calling. And then lastly that I want to share this. Right after 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 this. You go a few chapters later, it says continued in his ministry in Acts chapter 19. He continued for 2 years and he saw all of Asia reached with the message of Jesus Christ. All of Asia Now, Paul started his ministry in about 44 AD. He he died around 60 AD, 68 AD. He had about 20-something years of ministry. But he did this in two years. He reached all of Asia. Now, some scholars believe that the world had about 3 million people in it at the time that Paul was doing his ministry. And all of Asia had about 60 million, 20%. This is the tipping point. I want you to write this down, the tipping point of effectiveness. We're not just going to be excellent. We're going to be be effective. We're not just going to be busy. We're going to be effective. We're not just called. We're going to be effective. And that is the bridge to our very best is God is calling us to bridge the gap to become our best by being effective. And Paul, okay, we're going to reach all of Asia in two years, 60 plus million people. Now what that did as a culture, as the world at 20%, of the world, when it shifted as a Christian believers, when that happened, all of a sudden nations, countries, continents started saying, we are a Christian nation. We are a Christian tribe. We are a Christian people. We are—we uh, our ruler it follows Jesus Christ and the doctrine thereof. We, it, it, all of a sudden, that was the tipping point of everything, and it shifted. So, we've talked a little bit about our best, right, individually, but I want to talk about our best corporately. In Flagstaff, staff, 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 staff. We have about eighty thousand. They said there's going to be 80, 80 people who live here full time next year. 80,000, and then now what they're coining as the Flagstaff metro area, 145,000, yeah, I know, the Flagstaff metro area, that's a new word they're using, that's Bader, Donny, all the way down, everybody who, come, who, comes, who comes here for their commerce and shopping and everything, 145,000, so out of that 80,000 that lives in Flagstaff, 15% are Christians, I'm talking about Bible believing, Jesus preaching, baptized, disciple making Christians. They don't have other books; they have one book, right? You hear me? And so those are fifteen percent. That means there's twelve thousand people in our city, 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 that believe in Jesus Christ. Go to church, love God, have a Bible, have a worship and a prayer life. Fifteen percent. So, what's our best? Our best to get to twenty percent. Our best is to say, say, okay, 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 okay. How do we get to 20%? Because 20% is the tipping point of culture. 20% is where nations change. 20% is the point of influence in which everybody, it's proven over and over and over in society. When you get to 20 plus percent, that's when a society changes. In fact, you've heard it before, poverty with the view here in Flagstaff, staff, 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 high housing, low income. Well, it's only because there's 21.3% that are below the poverty line. Well, when you have 20 plus percent, it's an influential point in your culture. So what is the goal? What is the best for us, for, us, for, us, for us? Not living like the rest, but what is our best? Getting to a point of influence where we have 20 plus percent living for Christ in Flagstaff. Are you with me? Are you with me? I'm going to wrap it up and we're going to watch this this video here in just a second, but I'm going to tell you, it's our Bridge Builders video. I need you to hear me. We need to get to 20%, and the difference is, right, we're going to go to 4,000. We want to go from 12 to 16, 4,000 people in 2020. We're going to get to 20%, and it's 4,000. Now, if we did six services in here, we would only have a 1,000 people. (laughs) If we packed it out each time, we can't fit everybody. We have a beautiful building that's debt-free. Yes, we're filling it up. Yes, God is doing a tremendous work. Yes, we're, we're, we're having services at the archery. Yes, God has blessed us. We're debt-free. We're ready. And yes, we need a bigger property. We don't have enough parking. We don't have enough children's space. We don't have enough sanctuary space. We want to go to, to have new solid services where we're not just crammed into a, into a, into a building. We want to have some space to grow. And so, yes, we need a facility, but before we start talking about what we want, let's talk about where we are and be thankful for what God has blessed us because where we are is a great position because with great blessing comes great responsibility. The more God blesses you, the more responsible you have to be. And God has blessed us. We've doubled in size. We've had over 1,000 salvation salv- salv- sal- salv- salv last year. We've doubled in income. We've doubled in so many different great ways, and we're improving. We're going to improve all these different areas next year. That's great, but I'm calling an audible because we can't do this alone. We can't reach all of Flagstaff by ourselves. It can't be just bridge, bridge. So what we're going to do, there are 40 Christian church, church churches in this area, and what we're going to do is we're going to take a tithe, and we're going to take 40, or out of the 40, we're going to take four churches who are young, upcoming, got pastors, but no building. Love God, love people, but no facility. And what we're going to do part of our end of the year offering is we're going to bless four of those churches to say, let's keep going, keep building, keep growing. Come on, Bridge Church. Keep growing, keep growing, growing. keep building, keep doing it. We're going to bless you. Because when I started ministry here, when I got here, there were seven churches who planted the same year I got here. And guess what? I'm the only one left. That's not right. We can't have more churches closing. We can't have more pastors quitting. We've got to have Bible-believing, Jesus-preaching people out there helping us win our city for the cause of Christ and get to 4,000 more in 2020, and we're going to do it together. Come on, Bridge Church. Let's give God some, some, some real praise in this place.